RNZ News at midday. Good afternoon. I'm Nicola Wright. The government is expected to announce its next steps in easing the pressures on New Zealanders' grocery bills. It's likely to outline how it'll make supermarkets open up their wholesale access to increase competition in the sector. Giles Dexter reports. It's expected the government will reveal more details of its plans to make supermarkets open up their wholesale arms to other retailers. Currently, the two major supermarket chains control wholesale access, which has been identified as a major obstacle to new players entering the market. Commerce and Consumer Affairs Minister David Clark has said he expects supermarkets to open up wholesale to would-be competitors voluntarily. If they don't, the government will introduce a regulatory backstop to make them. Details are expected at a media conference at one o'clock this afternoon. Health worker shortages have got so bad in the far north, there'll soon be no doctor on site at Rāwene Hospital during the evenings and overnight. Sam Ollie reports. Hawara Hokianga runs the 26-bed facility. The organisation's chief executive, Margareth Broodcorn, has told patients on Facebook the decision to stop after-hours doctor services temporarily from next Monday was made in great reluctance and despite extensive and ongoing efforts. She says she's truly sorry that it's come to this. Ms Broodcorn says there have been recruitment challenges for years and the situation is being reviewed regularly with Te Whatu Order. She advises patients to have petrol in their cars ready to drive to Kaitaia or Kawakawa if they need urgent overnight hospital care. Figures released to the National Party show just 18 migrant nurses have applied to come to New Zealand in the first six weeks of the government's new residency visa. Nurses were controversially excluded from the Tier 1 fast-track stream, so they can apply for residency only after working here for two years. National's immigration spokesperson Erica Stanford says fewer nurses are applying now than under the previous critical purpose visa, which had a monthly average of 57. The numbers of nurses applying to come to New Zealand have dropped off a cliff. In the first six weeks of this new visa, only 18 brand new nurses from offshore have applied, uh, indicating that they are choosing other countries like Australia who are far more welcoming uh, with faster pathways to residence. And we're just not rolling out the red carpet. Erica Stanford says nurses need the certainty of immediate residency. Traffic hold-ups in Nelson have eased this morning with the partial reopening of Rocks Road after days of gridlock in the city. One lane northbound will be open to vehicles between 8 in the morning and 7 at night, though not to cyclists and pedestrians. Nelson Tasman Civil Defence Controller Alec Leverdis says people should still work from home and avoid travel when they can. Having that extra lane open will um, go a long way to easing the congestion that we have on our roads. Um, But I still think there is going to be an issue with congestion. In Marlborough, Waka Kotahi says State Highway 63 between Nelson and Blenheim won't open before next week. State Highway 6 remains closed by flooding between Hira and Renwick. The Ministry of Social Development is offering payments via civil defence for anyone affected by flooding or slips at the top of the South Island. The payments aren't income tested and differing amounts are available depending on people's circumstances. A family with children staying in temporary accommodation can claim up to $1,300. Those who want support can call the ministry or visit the nearest work and income service centre. The MP who is likely to replace Trevor Mallard as Parliament Speaker says he'll approach the job with a different style. 
Mr Mallard's resignation will take effect from quarter to two this afternoon. At two o'clock, the government will nominate Deputy Speaker Adrian Rudafe to replace him. Mr Rudafe says he wants to make Parliament a more family-friendly place. I also think that you know that it's incumbent of every speaker to ensure that the rights and privileges of the House and Parliament are maintained and I am absolutely committed to providing every opportunity for the opposition and the House as a whole uh, to hold the government to account and actually for the government to be accountable. Parliament's new Speaker will later attend a confirmation ceremony at Government House. A human rights lawyer says extraditing a person from South Korea who is believed to be linked to a criminal case in New Zealand will be simpler if they're not a Korean citizen. The Associated Press is reporting a relative of two children whose bodies were found in luggage in Auckland is likely in South Korea. An official at the National Police Agency told the news service that the woman, a Korean-born New Zealander in her 40s, arrived in the country in 2018. Lawyer Tony Ellis says extradition starts with the police investigation here. New Zealand would collect the documents and the evidence that they need to the probably the Ministry of Justice in Korea. Then, at some stage... The Ministry of Foreign Affairs in both countries will be talking to one another. Tony Ellis says if the person is a citizen of South Korea, the country may refuse an extradition request. It's almost six minutes past 12. The UN Security Council is meeting about the situation at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant in Ukraine, which is under Russian control. There are reports of continued shelling in the area, and the UN wants the International Atomic Energy Agency to be allowed to visit the site. The BBC's James Waterhouse has more. If you speak to nuclear officials in the European Union, it isn't as bad as people think around the issue of nuclear reactors because of the the very type they are. But of course there are concerns. There are concerns around the staff's ability there to monitor the site, around the safety, around the power of the site. It's thought they've been cut off frequently as the Russians try and transfer electricity to occupied Crimea. These are all described as pillars by the IAEA. Early medical abortions at home will be allowed in England and Wales from the end of this month. Women will be able to take the two pills needed after a consultation with a doctor up to 10 weeks into a pregnancy. Temporary measures for remote medical abortions were introduced during the COVID pandemic, but now the government there says they'll become permanent. An environmental organisation is scathing of a Hawke's Bay Regional Council decision to hold a meeting on a controversial water issue behind closed doors. Water Holdings Hawke's Bay, which holds the consents for the Ruatanifa Dam that was canned five years ago, has applied to extend the consents to 2030. The group will meet with one of the council's committees this afternoon. Forrest and Bird says that meeting should be held openly, as many people are suspicious about the project. Fewer than 15,000 foreign students were still in New Zealand by the time the border reopened. When the country, when the pandemic began in early 2020, there were 60,000 in the country with valid study visas. Our education correspondent John Gerritsen reports. Immigration figures show there were just 14,639 foreign students in New Zealand when the border reopened and study visa processing resumed on July 31st. 
6,000 of the students were Chinese and nearly 1,400 Indian. Nearly 8,000 were enrolled in universities, 3,000 in schools and 2,000 in polytechnics. Education providers enrolling students for next year warn it will take several years for numbers to recover. Fee income from foreign students last year was $610 million less than before the pandemic and is expected to be even lower this year. American billionaire and philanthropist Julian Robertson, who in later life had close links to New Zealand, has died in New York at the age of 90. Mr Robertson had co-founded the hedge fund Tiger Management. In the 1990s, he developed a farm in Northland into a championship golf course and luxury lodge. That was followed by a similar lodge near Queenstown and the farm at Cape Kidnappers, which includes a wildlife sanctuary, lodge and top golf course. He also donated more than $100 million worth of art by Cezanne, Picasso, Matisse and others to the Auckland Art Gallery. Mr Robertson and his late wife Josephine established the Aotearoa Foundation, which funded education, conservation and environmental groups and medical research. Last week's heavy rain in the Upper South Island has left parts of the Abel Tasman Coast Track and the Queen Charlotte Track closed due to multiple slips and other damage. The Department of Conservation says walkers can still use both, but caution is advised and biking is not recommended. Road access to Abel Tasman National Park is limited, but all beaches and campsites that can be reached by boat and kayak are open. Doc says staff are still checking tracks in the region, and the full extent of the damage is not yet known. That's the news.